This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, fuck! Erling Garland. And I was in. Where's Manchester City, love? They're playing Blades at the weekend. And if he plays, you'll get about fucking eight goals. So why did I cough? I've kidnapped him. Well, we can confirm Erling Haaland has not been kidnapped by any Blades fans, but they are concerned. It's Friday the 21st of April. I'm Ollie Kirsch. And I'm David Powell. And this is the City Report podcast. <laughs> they got some they got in there. Um, Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. We're Man City and we might be on the piss again, but if you're wondering where to pick up the best beer this side of the Atlantic, let me introduce you to Beer Monster, the online home of household brands, niche independent brews and the famous Beer Monster draft tap, allowing you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Head over to beermonster.com for free shipping on all orders over £35. And if you're quick enough, you can grab an extra fiver off any purchase between now and the end of April. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the City Report podcast, your place for daily Manchester City content. I'm joined by David Powell today, just the two of us. But as David didn't get his shot to give us his feedback on what he thought about the Bayern tie, David, very quickly, if you want to uh, just give us your thoughts on the game, on the tie itself and our progression in the Champions League. Happy is the short answer, I'd say. I think the whole, both legs were both like controlled, um, solid performances everything you sort of want from a City Champions League performance after all the comments and what we all know about the Champions League being a bit ropey at the back, nervy, not finishing our chances. It looked like it could go that way at one point yesterday with the penalty miss, obviously, but you've got that sort of, as a fan, that sort of sense of confidence that we are going to score with the big man up front that just didn't have in previous years. And you you wonder like how much does that spread from the defence as well, thinking if we just keep a clean sheet here, which I think there's a an image flying around on Twitter of literally about six massive City players in front of Edison when Coleman was about to take a shot. And you think the, the mentality this season is just keep a clean sheet or 
keep the goals to a minimum at the back and Haaland's going to go and win it for us on the other end. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I was confident yesterday, um, which is quite a strange feeling for a Champions League game that it's the same with the first leg. It was confidence that it, does, it doesn't feel natural. <laughs> I don't know whether you're the same, but just not naturally confident mm. in going into a Champions League game. And the same with the Real Madrid game now. I don't, I don't, they're not better than us. So we should be going into it confident that we can do them. And um, I'm, I'm growing every day confident that this is our year. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, we've we've probably been the best team in the competition for a number of years now, but we've just not managed to get over the line. But it does it does feel there is something building that that this might well be our year. Haaland has a lot to do with that. You know, <laughs> the funny thing about Haaland is because his statistics are so outrageous and, and so anomalous that when he misses two chances like he did in the first half, that, if anything, actually just means that he's statistically going to score his next chance. And of course he did. Um, but listeners, if you missed the pod uh, about the buying game, the review after the tie, go back and have a listen. It's worth it. We did a great little deep dive into uh, into the tie, tactics, players, and looking ahead for the rest of the competition. But we're going to turn around quickly because the boys in blue are also turning around quickly. Sheffield United, we've got them semi-final of the FA Cup. Um and it's funny because De Bruyne said in a quote that he's actually only won it once. And when you think that he's been with us since 2015 and all the trophies that we've won and the success we've had in that time, the FA Cup has almost been polar opposites to the Carabao. We haven't really, we've not won it perhaps the number of times that we would expect to, given our dominance uh, domestically. So we've got a rapid turnaround. We're against Sheffield United team that are almost certain to get promoted. Now, personally... I would rather face a uh, bottom-of-the-table Premier League side than a championship side about to be promoted, for one reason. They're, ver- they're, very good. they're going to be very close in quality, but the team that are top of the championship or near the top and are going up, they've got momentum, they've got confidence, the high morale, um, they've got everything going for them at the moment, right? They might yeah. fancy it, they might fancy an upset. So, David, give us your, your, your preview, if you would. Um. I fully understand what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm probably in the same camp as you on that one until we did Burnley very convincingly and think Sheffield United now, the sort of momentum we've got in the last whatever it is since mid-Feb, we haven't lost a game since the Spurs game, I think. I can't see Sheffield United laying a glove on us, especially with the couple of players that are missing the City boys that seem to be tearing up trees from at the moment. I, I just can't see anything other than a City win. That said, which I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit further on in the potty, but I was a big, big advocate for no rotation at this point now. Play the strongest 11 to 13 players week in, week out. However, the end of that buying game, um, I was starting to think, you know what? I think there's probably a lot of value in players like your Rodri's, your Harlan's, maybe not playing from the start. I was, I was, I was 100% in the mindset of play the first 60 minutes, get the get the tide done and then rest. However, yeah, that Bayern Munich game was probably the first time in a, in quite a while I've looked at a few players and thought, you don't want them feeling extremely tired in two weeks' time when we've got them like Real Madrid turnarounds with Leeds and the Arsenal game next Wednesday. Albeit the FA Cup is one that players like De Bruyne want. As, me as a fan, we've not won it for so long. I want us to go and win it there's a seed of doubt in my mind now of whether rotation is actually probably the better thing with what's coming up. I mean, 
we could we could find ourselves with the the final three weeks of the season having three cup finals, straight shootouts, an FA Cup final, Champions League final, and a Premier League last game of the season final. And I wouldn't want to see our players fall in the last hurdle, a little bit like Liverpool did last year when they just looked exhausted. Yeah, the, it's the turnaround, isn't it? I'm. It's a bit football manager, isn't it? You know, when you you get into the business end of the season on there, and your best players on like eight, it's like eighty five percent condition. You're thinking, yeah, go on then, go on then. You just play. And it's but it doesn't really work like that in reality, does it? Because I think Rodri's looks a little bit jaded. Uh, the game was quite physical against Bayern as well, so I'm sure a couple of the players might have a few bumps and bruises. So I think ultimately something's got to give. We're going to have to trust the players that don't usually get their starts. And I think we're going to have to rotate. Now, we were going to get onto this a little bit later in the pod, but no reason not to not to really get into that now because it is against the championship side, straight after a tie against Bayern and directly before a huge title clash against Arsenal, that is going to be the first topic on everyone's lips. You know, how, how are we going to rotate? Do we trust players like Calvin Phillips, who's been unfit for most of the season and fairly underwhelming when he's been on. Um, the only one I'm quite happy to see play is from the beginning is Alvarez because I actually think that Alvarez does better when he starts. He seems to struggle sometimes perhaps getting into the flow of a game when he comes on and I think we've seen the best of him when he has started. So who do you think should be rotated out? Who are you going to replace them with? Um, and you know, despite the hot takes from pundits everywhere. We don't have a second 11. So <laughs> Pep's going to have to do a bit of jiggery pokery, isn't he? Just to get the right, the right mix and the right setup. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it was, it was um, discussed yesterday that like every defender and every midfielder, I think it was, or every striker and every midfielder was, was played yesterday in the, in the Champions League tie at some point. Cause our squad isn't as big as this myth of 22 players, 30 players like Chelsea. It is, it is small and the players can play in multiple positions it's there's a few bankers that you would say 100% surefire to come in you Carl Walker Laporte Mares I would say are probably absolute shoe-ins it's after that where you start thinking ah, if Calvin Phillips doesn't get the nods or he goes with Rodri again you, you're going to struggle to see Phillips for the rest of the season aren't you um Foden is he ready I have absolutely zero idea I've, I've not really seen enough in the press to say that he's he's fully fit other than I think Pep came out and said he was fit and ready to play, but you just you just don't know, do you, until he gets on the field. There's a few players that I would be confident just let their rhythm continue. Grealish being one of them, I think we've seen the best of him when he plays every game. It went, as soon as he's, like last season when he was in and out, three games in, two out, three in, two out, just couldn't get himself going. And he said it in numerous interviews now that he's feeling fit, feeling fresh. He was probably man of the match again for me yesterday in terms of, Whenever you're worried about anything happening in the game, I just think just pass the ball to Grealish, and that is that is a mad thing to be saying when you've got players like Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne on the pitch, and you think give the ball to Jack Grealish, and he will, he will keep it for you. So Grealish would be one I would 100% say start. Diaz, I can't see him not starting either, just because of the importance in that eleven at the moment. If he sticks with the same system, I don't see anyone else playing that role as well as he does. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's construct this from back to front. Okay. Let's start with the goalkeeper. I think we're going to see Ortega. 
right? Yeah. That's that's nailed on. Um, give Eddie a rest. Did his uh, <laughs> his hamstring in the ninety fourth minute last night? Um, had cramp or something, didn't he? So our only injury is Ake. So across the back line, we have to select from Walker, Stones, Laporte, Akanji, Diaz, Sergio Gomez, and Rico. How do we think we're going to line up? Are we going to go flat back four, bringing in Laporte left back, Walker right back? Are we going to see Rico back in the team, perhaps as an inverted left back or right back? How do you think we're going to shape up at the back? I, If it was me, I, I wouldn't be changing the system at this point. I think the system's working so well that to go back to a flat back four, I'd be concerned if we lost the game, what it would do to the momentum of the squad, the press etc etc so I'd be going with the three at the back I'd be going Laporte obviously obviously with Ake being injured Diaz probably Carl Walker um, at centre half at the right of a three so stepping okay. out I think it was was it the buying game where Pep said um, John Stones was playing that inverted hmm. um central midfield role, but he was doing it from centre-back rather than right-back. I would see Carl Walker just playing out on the right and then obviously jumping forward to the midfield, I'd have John Stones stepping into that midfield role and back into defence. Okay, I, I I see it differently, actually. Um, I think if we're going to go with the three-at-the-back system plus an mm-hmm. inverted full-back, we're more likely to see Laporta left-back, I agree, Diaz I think will play. I think the right centre-back will be either Akanji or Walker. I think Stones is going to be rested. And then I think Rico is that inverted right-back. Or it's going to be Akanji right centre-half and Walker flat right-back. So the thing is, I think that we might feel quite safe going back to that 4-3-3 system or at least a flat back four system against Sheffield just because of the gap in quality. I don't think we need to be necessarily spick and span where tactics are concerned. So be quite interested to see. But yeah, I wouldn't be wholly surprised if we see Rico instead of Walker or or indeed Walker at that right centre-half position. So moving into midfield, everyone's fit. Um, I'm going to read off... I'm going to leave Foden with the forwards. Um, I'm being a bit lazy here. I'm just going off the FOTMOB squad list to read them off. But... We've got to choose from with everyone being fit. De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bernardo, Palmer and Peroni. And then obviously one of two of Rodri and Phillips in that holding role. How do you see that going? Uh, um, I want to see Rodri rested, but I just I just don't think Pep's going to do it. I don't think he has to trust in Phillips. So I, I will say Phillips because I think I would probably be doing it in this, in this leg and resting it, uh, Rodri. So Phillips... Maybe Rico, like you said, is that inverted one. And then Alvarez and Gundogan. I'd be trying to rest De Bruyne if possible. Mm. Um, if we're playing that sort of like that box four in the middle, Rico, uh, Phillips, De Bruyne, Alvarez. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, again, just for the listener's sake, for an alternative view, perhaps we might see Calvin and Bernardo in a holding role if we are playing a flat back four. Yeah. So Calvin and Bernardo in that holding role, uh, and then perhaps Gundogan more advanced. But I agree. I think Rodri's desperate for a rest. He, he really did start to look jaded towards the end of the buying tie. And De Bruyne, we've just got to wrap him in bubble wrap at this point. We've got huge games to come. Um, although the way he was talking to the press, he sounds like he's bang up for it. So we'll yeah. see. But uh, yeah, Peroni, I don't know why Cole Palmer's in the midfield on Fort Mob because he's... Uh, 
He's only really played in that wing role for us, apart from some cameos in midfield. But moving forward then, up the pitch, Haaland, is he going to be rested? Uh, would this be Haaland's first trip to Wembley for City? He didn't, uh, he didn't play yeah. the Yeah, because the charity shield was at Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't see him being a player that'd be that keen to sit out the big games at, at Wembley. So, again, I would probably like to see him rested just for that same reason, wrap him up in Cottonwall with De Bruyne and Rodri, but mm-hmm. let's stick him up front, play him up front. And out wide, God, we are we are really limited at the moment. So out wide, we've got Palmer, Mares, Grealish. I don't think Foden's going to be ready. So we're probably choosing three of three or four from three or four. Palmer, Mares, Grealish, Alvarez, if Haaland is starting. I'd probably be going Mares and Grealish, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, Mares is ready to play. Mm. Big game player, semi-final, stick him on the right and then leave Grealish, Grealish on the left and hopefully mm. you can bring him off and bring Foden on at 60 minutes. Grealish's injury record is actually very impressive. He He seems to be fit and ready to go almost every single week. It's yeah. it's quite incredible on top of his form as well. He doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He reminds me of, in that sense, Mo Salah. Uh, he's yeah. he's just in, in in fantastic shape. Okay, so we don't have the enormous bloated squad that uh, our rivals seem to think that we do. We've just got a hell of a lot of versatility. It'll be interesting to see how we do shape up. So we're going to stop there for the break and we will be back for part two. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the City Report podcast. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find a variety of ales at refreshingly low prices. Purchase before the end of April and you'll get £5 off every order and there's also free shipping for any order over £35. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your place for daily Manchester City content. So, David, we've, we've been through the lineup. we've had a quick look back at the buying game and we've, we've just talked briefly about uh, what it means to play a, a, a team that's on its way up to the Premier League uh, in comparison to perhaps a low-lying Premier League team, but... We've had the worst of all experiences with a relegated Premier League team, and that was back in the 2013 FA Cup final when uh, Wigan famously uh, killed us off with a late goal. So, do you see a chance of any upset at all? No, I really don't. I've, I've, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm, I'm, I've never been the most confident City fan ever. Like I don't think many City fans are. We're always ready to put pull a City, but the past. Four or five weeks. I'm every week. I'm growing more and more confident that it it does feel different. I feel that we can go there. That the players that are going to come in, Imares, Laporte, Walkers, they're they're quality quality players. That they've been the big big players for us in in previous games earlier in the season, previous seasons. Our record at Wembley is pretty damn good. Um, second home for us, and albeit it is a huge huge game for Sheffield United, they. They know deep down that they have many big games coming next season. They're, they're pretty much guaranteed promotion. They need the promotion more than they do a, a final against Brighton or United. So they're obviously missing McAtee and Doyle as well. I, I can't see the upset personally. Um, I'd be very shocked. You say that, but thinking back, when we were when we were back in the Championship, or I mean Division One as it was then, 
Would we would we have rather had that final than going up? I mean, they look surefire for promotion, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, they they are as good as up. Um, I don't know. It, it was it was so long ago now it's a that funny I can't. One though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really pass too much comment on that. I, my own. It does final. feel like a lifetime ago. But yeah. you know, the the magic of the cup. I mean, I, I remember back to when, to when I was a kid and, and Michael Richards thumped in that late header when, it, as he famously says, he, he burst onto the scene uh, late on against Villa to force a replay. And it was yeah. moments like those as a kid where the only thing that mattered was the cup. This this could be our year. Of course, it never bloody was. But for for Sheffield, you know, I'm looking they're seven points clear of Luton. They've got a game in hand on Luton as well, and Luton only actually have three more games to go. So by my calculations, Sheffield are up with one more win in their last four games. They've practically done it. They've yeah. practically done it. So. It, that kind of momentum and, and knowing that the league is pretty much promotions, pretty much wrapped up for them. Maybe I see an upset. I, I, I don't know. We're, we're just so good this year. I think really they might just be relying on some discord. I don't want to say discord. I don't mean you know negative energy in the city team, but some kind of disorganization perhaps from our rotation. Could yeah. that affect us? I've, I mean, the, the Liv- was it Liverpool? What what round did we play them last year? And we got tonked in the first half with the rotation that we did. That was a bit of a surprise. Was it semi final? Uh, yeah, I think it, it was either the semi or the quarter. They could be looking at that and thinking we were on the back of a Champions League game. Then I think it might have been Real Madrid. And I remember getting to Wembley and seeing the side and thinking, "Oh my God, what is going on here?" And maybe if they see a couple of players on the on the team sheet like your Palmers or Calvin Phillips, they might. Get a lift. Have they sold out their allocation? How for are the crowd versus the city crowd? We've been there countless times before. There's there's things that could go their way and could help them. Um, I just I've looked at the the league table here and they've, they've scored 65 goals a season. It's not a huge amount. It's one of the most in the league. But if we play a strong defence, will they lay a glove on us the other end? I'd be shocked. And then that means if that big Erlin's playing on the other side, then it's only going to be one winner, I think. They're also missing two of their best players. The Correct. Blue Boys, Doyle and Mackenzie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I feel a little bit gutted for the pair of them. Um, but at the same time, I think I remember discussing it earlier when they got through to the semi-final. City could not have changed the rules for this because if we lost mm. and one of them scored, there'd be absolute uproar, wouldn't there? Yeah, ultimately we have to be selfish and I do feel for them and I, and I actually expressed concern at the time when we were talking about it after the draw on the podcast that I would be concerned about um, upsetting McAtee and Doyle with a view to their return to City. You know, McAtee especially, he's, he's been flying, right? Um, will he be offended by the club? Will he feel a little betrayed for taking that opportunity away from him? I don't know, but ultimately, you know, we we have to make decisions that are in our best interests. Uh, and it reminds me, before we get on to the next point, of United against Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final. They couldn't play, was it Dubravka, who's on loan yeah. at Newcastle? So they were forced to play Loris Karius, ex-City goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more famed for his exploits at Liverpool. So, yeah, ultimately, we, we've just got to do what's right for us. So, um 
if all goes well, we will be going through. We're going to give you an open net here, David. Some opportunity for some good birting. Who would we rather play in the final? Who's a bigger threat to our chances of lifting the trophy? Man United or Brighton? You know what? Currently, I don't know how United are getting on tonight, but I'd be more scared of Brighton do you want, beating do you, us. Do you, want, do you want to know? Go on then, yeah, tell me. <laughs> As this is being recorded right now, 30 minutes have gone. Severe are 1-0 up against United. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's 3-2 three, three on aggregate to Severe. So I'll ask that question again. <laughs> Who would <laughs> rather play in the final, Brighton or Man U? United then, I'd say. Yeah, let's let's get United back there like the old <laughs> days. Yeah, the Ayatore Vidic goal, let's do them again. It would, be, it would feel so much better to be United in the FA Cup final than Brighton. Um, but I have I have good memories of doing Brighton at the Amex on the last day of the season to win the league. So I've got good memories playing on both in big games. Um, mm. But yeah, let, let, I would take United just for it would be a horrible build up. Don't get me wrong, but mm. it, w- it would feel so sweet beating them the week before the Champions League final, or two weeks before anyway. Imagine the confidence after that. Yeah, build up would be horrible. Every minute of the game would be horrible. But if we can beat them at when I mean, it was one thing beating them in the semi final on our way to winning it in 2011. But if we if we can do them in the final, that, that would hit different. Although, risk-reward, there would be no... I, I just want the earth to swallow me up if we got beat if we got beat oh. by them in the final. But no, I think I'm with you. Um, and to be honest, taking emotion out of it, Brighton are probably the better side at the moment than Man U. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, bring on a derby at Wembley. It's It's <laughs> been a long time coming as well. You know, we've... They've been okay, okay to good, I guess, since 2011, um, with some mediocre seasons thrown in. It's it's quite incredible, actually, that we haven't met in a final yet, whether it's Carabao or FA Cup. So it's got to happen sooner or later. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. So before we wrap up, any closing thoughts? Give us a score prediction. What do you reckon then? Score prediction. I've been getting very, very close of late. Um I'm going to go three-one again. It's, it's a it's a standard prediction from me, really. I feel like we probably might concede with a late onslaught from them, but three uh, three-one. Sorry, I'm going confident. Broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Um, I'll, I'll go bigger. I think. I think I'll go five-one, maybe five-two. Uh, I think <laughs> they'll have some early energy, but soon enough we'll we'll settle into our rhythm and we'll just drain the life out of them. As we do, as we tend to do when uh, when we're playing against teams of inferior quality. But uh, if any Blades fans happen to be listening to this preview, I'm sure they'll be consuming all the content that they can before the big day. Enjoy it. City fans that are going to Wembley, travel safe, enjoy it. And hopefully next time you listen to us, we will be Champions League semi-finalists and FA Cup finalists. This is the City Report podcast. I've been your host, Ollie Kirsch. I've been David Powell. Thank you very much and catch you next time. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.